Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode, episode four of Some People Call That Jesus. Uh, we're going to be looking into a subject today called being born again, or the born again experience, this new life and journey that you take as a Christian, which is a, a saying and term used a lot, being born again. And it's not looking at every aspect, but we're just going to be looking at one section of it, one slice of it today that's really important for our hope and for what it means, whether you're in the experience and the journey or if you're on the outside and wondering what that's about. Um, one thing to say also is that for this podcast, some people call that Jesus. We now have a Instagram as well, same name, some people call that Jesus. You should be able to find it just by searching that launch when it'll alert when new episodes are coming out and other posts like that. But also, if you ever wanted to contact me in case, say, you wanted the all the scriptures I used in an episode, the references and things like that, be happy to send them to you. So if there's anything like that that would be helpful, just let me know. Happy to send it your way, but please follow on. Some people call that Jesus on Instagram, and you can see those updates and get that information as well. Um, so again, looking into the born-again experience. And the key verse for this will be in 1 Peter 1.3. And 1 Peter 1.3, I'll read it through, we'll kind of break it down, and then see some of the components here. Again, this is just a slice of the experience we call being born again, but it's very important, and this is the foundation for it. So in 1 Peter 1.3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, this living hope that we have, this is so important, and it says, first of all, God in his great mercy. So, it's this act of mercy that God has made the plan of salvation for us to have this new life. It's merciful. He already already showed us mercy in having us be born a first time physically upon this earth. But he says there's a new life that is accessible to you through Jesus. And that new life is an act of mercy towards you. So right there, we already have evidence of God's mercy towards us in our life. And he says, great mercy, he's given us new birth, this new life, into a living hope. Now, I really want to focus on that living hope just for a second. Some versions say a lively hope, and there's some other versions and interpretations of it. But why that's so important is that word living or lively. It comes from the original language or the Greek word zoe. It looks like Z-O-E, some other marks on there, but it's zoe. And this is the life of God, or the, the life force of God, a few ways to say it. It's the life of God in you. This is this new life that Jesus has put into you. Or when you accept Jesus, this is the life. It's not just any ordinary life or a restart to the life you've been living, but it's the very life of God that has taken place in you. And that is the source of hope. One piece about this life that it goes on to say is that it, it, it's, it's a product of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, one thing to mark a, a difference here in this born-again experience is that there's something different about our physical life that we've been living and this new life that we've received. One is more external and physical in this earth, and this new life is one of the spirit within. And there's a few points we'll break down with other verses to see a little bit more about what that looks like and what that means. But this new living hope and this new life, this birth we've been given is through the resurrection of Jesus. And why that's so powerful is it, it's not by any means or, or by some other means. It means that this new life we've received is a product of Jesus defeating the grave. Now, our physical life or our biological life that we're born into, 
Um, it's the very beginning for us, and it will end in death at some point. That's what the Bible teaches us as well. This physical life will end at some point in death. But this new life is very special because it's a product of resurrection, meaning this new life begins beyond the reach of death. Jesus conquered the grave and then gave us this new life, not before, so that this life is untouched by death. It's beyond its reach. So it's this stark contrast to our physical life, which will end in death. This life is eternal. That's why it's a lively hope. It's an eternal life because it's beyond the reach of death. It, it can't be impacted by it like our physical life is, which is very powerful to think about. It really does take time to meditate on and, and uh, to dwell on to really get the revelation there and the, the knowledge there of what it's saying. But this is the crux or the core of the born-again experience and why we have hope and joy from the very beginning from accepting Jesus. Because being born again in this way is your first step into the Christian experience, is the beginning of your following of Jesus. And he says, you're already beyond the reach of death. It's not about this life on earth now. It's about your eternal life secured in heaven, but that's been given to you now. So this is very powerful and at the core of what we're talking about here. So to summarize it, this zoe, this life that's in you, this life of God, is your new life as confirmation that death has been beaten, which is a powerful evidence that you, you, you yourself are and are walking around with. So the next point we'll look at to build on that a little bit more is in the Gospel of John, John 3.3. 3. It's a famous interaction between Jesus and one of the Jewish teachers and rulers who is very well known, Nicodemus. And just one verse from their discussion and conversation, Jesus tells him about being born again, some of this experience. So in John 3.3, 3, it says, um, In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So this is very powerful understanding, not only for Nicodemus then, who was very curious about what was going on and seeing this life in Jesus, but about for us. Jesus says, no one can see this kingdom unless he is born again. So you will not have the full experience, the full walk of what it means to be a part of God's kingdom and of his people and of Jesus until you go through the born-again process, which is accepting Jesus into your life and starting this new life in the spirit. And... Now, it doesn't mean that you're totally blind to it. We who are born again are evidence, and we're a testimony of this process and this new life that has taken place. Because the Bible also tells us in Psalm 34, 8, that taste and see that the Lord is good. God, again, in his mercy, he makes it available to those who are seeking him, even before they've accepted a Jesus and become born again, to experience in small doses in a way, to glimpse and to taste of what this kingdom is like through the people that are living as residents of it. And we, we see through the life of God's people, or the way he, God designed it, is that this kingdom is a kingdom of life, of creation, of fresh beginnings, and people should be able to at very least glimpse that and, and taste of it, meaning have a little bit of an experience of it through our lives, so that they know what we are living. But it's important for us to know, and for us to communicate to those that are curious about Jesus and, and seeking to understand God and the Bible more and what it means to be part of the kingdom of heaven is that you're not going to have the full experience. You're not going to have the full understanding. You can't dive in until you accept Jesus. So if you're trying to figure it all out before you go through the born-again process, it's not going to happen. Yet God makes a way for you to still experience it to see what it's like, but he wants you to have the full thing. So understanding, you can't see 
you can't see the full evidence, the full experience, and walk in it until you are born again. That's very important to know. The next important piece we're looking at is what this new life means. Because again, this is one from the inside out. Up until this moment, we're living from the outside in. We're worried about our bodies and our physical life and everything like that that the Bible goes into detail about. But this new life is one within. You know, the moment you accept Jesus, you might not look different, sound different, maybe even feel different, because it's nothing about the external, at least to start. That will get impacted at some point. It's about what's happening internally. Really, the deepest part within you, your spirit, is being born again. But if you don't know that, then you might become disillusioned or excited at first. Then people a couple weeks into their new Christian walk, a first-time Christian, they might kind of get disappointed and say, well, where's the rest of it? I was excited at first. Nothing's really changed. They have to know it's a process working from the inside out. And part of it is in Romans uh, 7, verse 6, Romans 7, 6. The Apostle Paul talks about that we now live and we operate in newness of spirit. So he says, this new life you received, it's of the spirit first and foremost. There's a newness and a freshness that has taken place within you. And this spirit is the location of your new life. We just said it's from the inside out, not the outside in. So what's very important with this is that we know that during this walk, it begins to permeate all of our layers, all of our levels, getting to our very outside life. And that's important to keep in mind because, again, you might not see some of the results immediately, but what has taken place in your spirit with this new life will begin to impact the way you think and feel. The Bible talks about this salvation giving us a new heart and freeing and renewing our mind and eventually your behaviors and your decisions and your words and your actions begin to be shaped to fit this new life. And even at some point as it permeates, you may even, to your friends who've known you in the past, or family that's known you in the past, your old self, so to speak, you may, you know, not only look different and sound different, you may begin to dress different, eat different, do different things, your habits and lifestyles begin to change. As this new life permeates from the inside out, it will impact every area of your life if you let it. So that's important too, if on a, just a side note with it, if you're looking to change something that's very external, you know, a habit, a lifestyle change, this and that, it's not about fixing those things up and then coming to Jesus in a particular type of way. You need this new life, the life of God, this zoe. I hope you remember that word. You need this zoe deposited in you when you accept Jesus and have that new life force begin to work through all the layers of yourself if you really want anything to change in your life. There's nothing you can fix up, change up, adjust that's permanent and beneficial and good until you just surrender and accept Jesus, which is amazing because you don't qualify yourself in any way. It's just an acceptance of what he's freely given you and offered you, and then all the changes take place by his empowerment and his help. So stop trying to fix things up on your own if you haven't accepted Jesus and become born again. Nothing will be permanent and good until that takes place. And another powerful verse that goes along with this born-again experience, which connects back to the point about having this hope, really at our core and at our center, this hope that you cannot take away from us. It's in Colossians 1, verse 27, a famous verse as well, but one to really dwell on. And it talks about that Christ in you is the hope of glory. That is that new life you have, the Holy Spirit living in you, this born-again experience you've gone through and now walking as a citizen of God's kingdom here on earth. That Christ in you, Jesus living in you, is the hope of glory. So the hope lives in you. 
the hope of future glory, the hope of victory even now, that lives in you everywhere you go, everywhere you walk. It's a part of who you are. And that's incredible to think about and to dwell on. So us as Christians, we should always have this hope centered around this knowledge. And if you begin to lose your hope and get discouraged, it's because we've forgotten this knowledge that literally lives in us and we walk around with. And for anyone that's on the outside in that thinks Christians are maybe weird or we act a certain type of way or, you know, maybe we're joyful when we shouldn't be and it doesn't make sense with the rest of the things of the world, no, it's because we're carrying around this life of God, this Zoe. I mean, if I want to have an encouraging, powerful, positive day, I just, I wake up remembering I have Zoe. I go to bed remembering I have Zoe, this life of God in me everywhere I go. No matter what my mind thinks, it's still there. So if I shift my heart and my mind to stay focused on the Spirit of God and the newness of Spirit that lives in me, it's really hard to get your confidence shaken from that point, no matter what happens in your physical, biological, economical life. So that is very, very important. That hope of glory is in you. And so here's some of the pieces of practicality with it. Really just comes from awareness and knowledge of these things. Again, part of this born-again process it is about acceptance. There is something to do. And if you're a non-Christian, not following Jesus, used to and you don't now, on the outside looking in, whatever you want to categorize as, it's time to begin to understand. Or I hope that with this, if you're listening to, listening to this, and if you're open, you're beginning to understand what Jesus has done for you, what he's offered you, what this new life in a little nutshell that we talked about just now what it entails. And I hope you begin to understand what's available to you that's free, that you don't qualify yourself for, but how incredible and how important it is and how everything will change from this living hope being put in you when you accept Jesus. And I pray that you truly accept him from your heart and go through this born-again experience so that you don't have to rely on little glimpses and tastes that God is good, but that your eyes will be wide open for the full experience that he wants to walk you through. So that's my hope for you. If you qualify in a way, if you consider yourself to be outside of Christianity and just listening to this for curiosity's sake, I hope that begins to work upon your heart. And for Christians, kind of the practical takeaway with this, just a couple points. One is, is that you might have known this information at one time. Actually, you know, we talked about the verse from Peter being at the core here. 2 Peter 1.12, his second letter to the church, he talks about, I'm reminding you of these things that you already know, but I'm doing so so that you'll be firmly established and rooted in the truth. So um, Peter's saying, hey, I'm telling you things you already know. You're in the faith. These are truths you're familiar with. And I really do hope that you've heard these things before. Maybe you've learned something new, and that would be great also. But it's important we have to call these things back to our memory, or we forget about the hope and the promise and the life that is living in us. So that's very important. And the second key piece of, uh, or piece of practicality for Christians that I would say is that we need to share this hope because many people have never heard this before. Maybe they've heard it's one of those born-again people or whatever all the terms are for Christians, um, and they don't know that this is why we have this hope or this joy. They don't understand really what it means and because often from the outside perspective, what I've noticed, what I've seen, what I've researched is that it's often with Christianity more of, well, fix up this piece of your lifestyle, do this a little differently, stop doing this bad habit. These things mean being a Christian. Yeah, you start attending church. Again, nothing is permanent and good in the true spiritual walk with God until you go through this experience of your core with your spirit being born again and the Holy Spirit entering your life. 
anything else besides that is not truly walking according to the way Jesus called us. And so when we share this hope, it's, uh, well, really often, if we're being honest, even for myself, I often forget these things about what's living in me and what this Christian experience is about because I don't share it with others. And I know that if I did share it more, then I probably would never forget it. So we're just called back to our original mission of sharing this good news, sharing this experience and this knowledge in a way that shows that we're confident in it. We know this. It's not just a couple verses I memorize and want to share about what my faith is like. No, I want to be certain every day, even if I'm just sharing it with myself, this is the hope I have. Nothing can take it from me because nothing can take me from Jesus. So that is the born-again experience in a nutshell. Much more pieces to that, but remember that that is at the core of your hope. So I appreciate you listening again. Look forward to studying further subjects related to this about foundations in the Christian faith, uh, what it looks like, how to explain it to others, and continually building upon what we know, reminding ourselves who are following Jesus of what our mission is, but why we believe what we believe. Um, And again, please follow on Instagram for those updates and anything else and any of these references from today. Let me know if you need those also. But thank you very much for your time, and I look forward to studying uh, with you again very soon.